0: again
1: yeah let's do it
0: okay um who, who are, are you, you? oh well, <laughs> yeah. i'm Otto, and who are you i'm kwaku and this is radioism under the dope shit. shit nice there it is all right so it has been i think you've been silent as far as bringing people in lately not silent but i feel like i've i've been like oh we really need to have this person we really have we need to have this person right and so your vo- your voice from the guest conversation has been missing.
1: Yes, yes. So I brought in some uh, some heat this time, and uh, you know I'm hoping you're going to enjoy it.
0: I I always like the surprises. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and I and you always you always surprise me because it's never I never it's never who I think it's going to be. You always right. you always throw a curveball, and you're like, oh, and it's this person. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, right. I was not expecting that. Right. You know. Whether right. it's someone I know or someone I don't know. So, yes, I'm giddy right now.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, this is a person who is, uh, we experienced this person together uh, in a legendary sort of between you and uh, I moment that we'll get into, which uh, is one of my favorite uh, uh, performing moments, I should say, that I've seen. Okay. So uh, okay. That's, that's, that's what I'll say. Look at you giving me hints. Yeah, man. You're giving yeah. me hints. Okay, yeah.
0: do, you, do you want to dig in? Let's do it. Okay, cool. Peace. Oh, I left my
2: pretty Sarah And I quit my mother too And I started off to ramble This country all through And when I am tired, I'll sit down and weep, and I'll think of pretty Sarah.
0: I am Kwaku. <laughs> uh-huh. and,
1: who are, and who are you? I'm Atu, and this is Radio Munda, The? Dope. Shit. Yes. There it is. There it is. Yes. And yo, see, <laughs> we have a person who is slightly legendary that he probably doesn't know, um, because we've often talked about this moment uh, that we had at South By with him long oh, yeah. time ago that we were like totally fanboying on and I will remind you oh you you already know so but you um, you
0: should say it you should say it again for the listeners
1: well we'll say it again but we have to introduce the the person first yes 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 all right yes so sitting next to me on my couch in Brooklyn right now is my dude and um and we don't have to guess because you already know this cat already so yeah is my dude an amazing musician and a fantastic freaking guitarist and an inspiration to me honestly every time i watch you play and i've hung Brilliant. out with you and all that stuff Brilliant. Uh, my dude henry ott he is yes. a fantastic musician what's up henry yes. how you doing hey thank you for having me thank you for being here man thank you thank you man and so should, uh, well should we go like because i got a fanboy real quick Please. We we just talked about Please. it when we were here, right? Um, and he reminded me of the full story. But um, oh, uh, the reason oh, I guess we're kind of going. Well, the reason I know Henry is because he is the guitarist for Miss Velvet, who we've had on before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I met him at the same time I met all the whole band in the studio long time ago. Um, is this studio still around? Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Avatar Studio. Avatar Studio. I think I it was being
2: sold at some point, but I'm not
1: sure if someone has bought it yet or if they're changing. Yeah. Ownership. I heard something about it, but I haven't followed up. Yeah. I have heard it's like closing down. It's like one of our legendary studios in New York city that, you know, whoever and whatever recorded there, but it's in a beautiful place. Uh, And so I heard them play and I fell in love with the whole band. And I was like, Jesus, these people are playing. And I followed them and I've, I've seen them play, and there was that one time you and I went down to South by and I forgot they let me play on stage, which was a big mistake how, on you guys' part. How right? did you forget that? How
0: did
1: you forget <laughs> this moment? This was this huge moment. We soloed together. It was amazing. It was an yeah. amazing moment. But um before I went on to play with them, uh they were just going through their their usual set uh on a rooftop somewhere in South by uh, austin texas and uh henry broke a string on stage and you and i clocked it and we're like oh shit it was like the middle of the song he broke a, song, a string on stage and we're like what is he gonna do right cat okay what you reminded me because we were mm-hmm. talking about it before but henry reminded me that he grabbed my strat to then play the rest of the song right. and then miss velvet started vamping so that he could change the string, which he did in like three minutes, and then goes into this redonkulous solo. And I was like, (laughs) this cat is dope. Do you remember that, Henry? Yes, you do. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, I want to add context. This isn't like, I mean, this was this amazing show, this beautiful view. But people think South By and they think, oh, there's going to be guitar techs. There's going to be roadies. And so he just hands the guitar off to somebody else. Oh, no. You know? And no, this was (laughs) there was none of that going on. No, and so the idea, the presence of mind to make both of those changes. You know what I mean? So you changed once you finish the song. There you go. Oh, you got me. You changed once to finish the song, and then, and then you and then you went back to change the string, and then after all that, it wasn't like all right, where am I in the song? Yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna rip something for you. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> just let you know. Well, thank this, you. this is what I do. You're as a welcome. Person. You're welcome. So, I'm yeah. sorry. All right, please. So, please, I'm sorry.
1: We just embarrassed the man. We just we, we fanboy because you're 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 a quite humble person, as I've experienced you as well. But like that was Kwaku and I talked about that for days later. I was like, how do you months, do that, man? Months right. later, so months. Yeah, oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, welcome. Um, And as we often do with with Radio Zamunda, the thing that I'm always like amazed by in in artistry and how people came about doing the things they do, I call it the origin story. Like, I just want to know, like, where are you from? Were you like? Were you born with a guitar in your hand? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, 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 just give us, and, and, and Kwaku will say, tell us as much or as little as you want. Do yep. You know what I mean? But for me, I, I'm always inspired by hearing the, probably for you, the mundane story about how you came about. But for me, it's like, oh, that's amazing. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I, I am always in, I, just impressed by that. So, where are you from, man? I'm from Paris. France. Paris? I did not know that. I, I do Francais. not hear an accent. Oh, <laughs> je parle français? Je ah, parle français. On podcast in français si tu veux. Oh, je ne parle wow. pas de tout. I <laughs> used to speak it, but now I'm terrible. Oh, I didn't know you were French. Oh, okay, je so je there we go. Oui, okay. Paris, oui. Paris, oui. Ah. lieu Parisien, A ah. suburb of Paris.
2: I was born and raised. Okay. And um, I lived there uh, growing up. And then I moved to New York. When mm-hmm. I was 18 Okay uh, Came here for college Studied sound engineering hmm And I've been here ever since Yeah, yeah um, Yeah, I was not born with a guitar in my hands No Unfortunately <laughs> Okay I don't uh, believe that <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither do I <laughs> Now my uh, my first interest in the guitar came Like, you know, I did the piano lessons as a kid thing Right and then, then stop uh, So I did that And I was just a normal kid doing sports and whatever Yeah, yeah and then, um, so my mother's from Texas. Okay. My father's French, from uh, the north of France, mm-hmm. a town called Chuny. Mm-hmm. And um, the, we would go to Texas some summers mm-hmm. when I was growing up to visit uh, my mom's family over there. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, my parents befriended this uh, cowboy musician and historian called K.R. Wood, who is um, a country musician and cowboy singer. Right, and uh, they brought him over to the house to have some drinks, and he brought his guitars and taught me and my brother and my cousin uh you know how to play knocking on heaven's door or something like uh-huh. that, or I think it yep. was you can't always get what you want yeah, and uh that was it for me, you know, acoustic guitar, and then I came back to France you know that school year from that summer being like, "Oh, I really want to yeah, play guitar and start taking classical guitar lessons and went from there you know Excuse me. and how old were you and I was ten years old. Uh-huh.
0: And what part of Texas were you in? Uh, this what was city? Austin, actually. So, uh, the north, so north, was, north of Austin. Okay, yeah. so it's like almost full circle. Like, right. that's yeah. where you kind of discovered the instrument. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I, again, it's like, okay, when we go through all of these stories when it's like, it, it always seems so random to me. Do you know what I mean? Like your parents happen to know some Texas singer guy that just came over to your house and put a guitar in your hand and three people got the guitars. But it, did right. your cousin or anybody go on to play? Um, or?
2: No, certainly not professionally. My brother yeah. stopped after a couple of years and et cetera. Yeah. You know, my, my cousin still plays, I think.
1: Not quite so sure. OK, so again, like so I, I'm always interested in like the constellation of events that like put all that together. Right. So out of the three, somebody kind of plays and there's one that does actually play up to a level of like now you're playing. You've got your own music, you're playing with a band and all that stuff. Right. And it it always inspired, you know, like Adam Rogers, who was on, right, who just happened. He's this, um jazz cat who we've had on his good friend of mine. Who, when he was growing up, he would just hear the the down the hall neighbor playing on a Strat, and he just liked the word Stratocaster. It sounded it like a laser a gun. Word. Yeah, it's an amazing gun <laughs> thing. And so he would just like get in the, the the that guy's apartment and just start wailing on it. And then finally, the guy was like, "Let me show you how that works." You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, he becomes this world traveling jazz musician on a level of incredible and i go i i don't know it it reminds me of when i i I know it sounds corny but like when i heard jimi hendrix the first time Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i i'll never forget that moment because it was my friend samir was driving me in his car back home to visit our mutual friend sam and um uh, uh not purple haze um gosh what came on uh i just told you i've never forgotten this <laughs> a foxy lady sorry foxy oh, lady yeah, of course nice. comes on and it was again the first time i heard it really i'm sure i've heard the song before because i was about fourteen, fifteen, but it was just like it was the right moment to hear that dum, boom, bah, da, dum, boom, and just like the the just the pure just sex and sexuality and 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 expression of the guitar I'm a 14 year old boy just figuring out what girls are and stuff and I hear this dude singing and playing and I was like I was arrested in the guitar in the car I was just like what is this and it was like you know Jimi Hendrix and then it was like my life changed it's incredible and so I'm always what inspires people or what why me in that moment like yeah. maybe my cousin would have been sitting in the car and not even thought about the song going yeah. by you know it's
2: funny how much you can you can listen to music over and over again you can you can but then it hits you in a certain way yeah yeah and you know you can grow up listening to the beatles and never really think about it twice and then you hear this one song that you know does it for you yeah it's yeah. kind of the same with classical music too mm-hmm. you have to be in the right mindset and when you're a kid you're like mm this is boring yeah and then you know You get older and you, like, hear this one piece that really moves you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And what was the stuff that you liked?
1: Keep going, keep going, yeah. And what what did you, like, what did you, like, respond to when you were growing
2: up? So, uh, growing up, I was a total rockhead. Mm -hmm. And I very much uh, refuted many other uh, worthy styles of music. Yeah. um, When I was younger, I'm talking, you know, 12 to 15 or
0: something like that. Right, right, right.
2: Uh, you know, kind of a snob actually. I was very into classic rock. Mm. I was very into Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my first mm-hmm. big musical love was Nirvana. That uh, was the yeah. thing. Nevermind. That changed everything for me. And right. I think I discovered that album uh, fifth grade, end of fifth grade. I remember okay. listening to that with my friends and being like, "This is the thing for me." Yeah, right. Uh, and then came the Ramones, and then from there mm. went into a kind of more classic rock. Uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Jefferson Airplane, mm-hmm. mm. all those kinds of bands. Uh-huh. Um, and then it kind of just grew from there. Yeah. And uh, eventually I got into kind of weirder stuff. And probably my biggest musical idol uh, still today is Frank Zappa. Uh, yeah. I knew you were
0: going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said weirder stuff, I'm like, <laughs> I know where this is progressing <laughs> to. <laughs>
2: and, uh, and then, yeah, from there, my interests kind of diversified. I would say I got into jazz. And um, uh, then... Getting a bit older, going to college, I got into electronic music, but it took me that long. Got it. I, even hip hop at that time. I was like, ah, what is this stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, for right, me. Yeah, any, right. any techno, any electronic music was was not for me at the time. And then, you know, it took me years later to, you know, listen to like electronic music and be like, wow, this is moving me. You know, right. Have right. that moment that you had in the car. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Um. So, yeah, that's kind of how it grew. And
1: huh. And so did you go to school for it? Did you, because you, you mentioned that you uh, you went to sound, you went to school for sound engineering in college? Yeah. And how did that happen?
2: Well, uh, it happened. My, my parents have always been extremely supportive of my music. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. But yeah. uh, throughout high school, I, I've always been in rock bands. I started the okay. first band when I was 12 years old, and it was kind of like a punk band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, started a second band in high school, and that was more psychedelic rock. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that was really what I was into at the time, and uh going to college you know it was kind of starting all over and i uh um I tried to start a band, but it kind of didn't really go anywhere, and right. I got into electronic music and so going to college, my parents were like, ah, it'd be great if you did something that you know might right. have a job right uh, attached to it right. um it, it's still in music, encouraging mm-hmm. me to pursue music but mm-hmm. Seeing a more technical aspect to it, mm-hmm. and in retrospect, I'm actually extremely thankful for that because it opened my eyes to electronic music, different ways of making music, mm-hmm. uh, synthesizers, and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah.
1: And did you pick up any other instruments after the, I mean, besides the guitar. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, you need to
1: come over sometime. I know. I have a lot of
2: <laughs> lot of instruments just sitting yeah. around at home. I uh, I'm very interested in. Uh, Drums, specifically okay. African drums, mm-hmm. that I try to collect what I can, you know, and a very, I'm not good at playing them, but right, right, I enjoy right. collecting them and playing them on my own time. Got it, got it. Uh, I play a little bit of bass, you know, as most guitar I play bass as a guitar player. Right. You know, very open right. about that, not right. a real bass player. Right, uh, right. A little bit of keyboards, a little bit of synthesizers, and more mm-hmm. recently I've been into the Oud.
1: Oh,
0: wow. So, what, actually, had, oh. go ahead. Henry, let me ask you a quick question. You were, you were talking about like, listening to music and hearing it differently and how you know, it sort of changes your perspective. And, and that really resonated with me because I, I was having a moment like a few months ago, I was washing dishes and I was listening to Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. And you've heard this song millions of times, mm-hmm. but you, know, you gain a little bit of knowledge over the years, like he's playing everything on it. Mm-hmm. And as I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, how does this song even work? Mm-hmm. You know, it's this really simple bass line. It's these drums that really would not fit anywhere else except for in this song, mm-hmm. and this crazy and this crazy you know sort of a harp or harpist or like keyboard part you know what uh, you know whatever he's playing there, and then this amazing melody that fits over it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's similar, Otto, to the experience you're describing where you're like, I you know the song just moved me. And I, but it happened as I was older. And it happened as a result of like a lot of what you're, I'm going to ask you about, like the idea of getting into constructing music from a technical side. And so listening to it that way and hearing, like, how did he pull this together? Mm-hmm. Forget that he's even blind, but just as a songwriter, pulling yeah. all these parts together to create this moment. And so all of this is a lead up for my question. How did learning more about the technical side of putting together music as an engineer affect you as a writer and a player?
2: Oh, it changed absolutely everything for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh yeah just kind of completely rewired my brain or not rewired but just opened up a new like access path if you will yeah uh into composing and creating music uh you know before that i uh before going to college i didn't even have a laptop at the time and you know so i get there and everyone's they got pro tools and ableton and everyone's making beats and i'm like whoa (laughs) you can you can really do this stuff yeah and uh And so that kind of blew my mind a little bit And of course, you know, I got Ableton on my mm-hmm. computer And I started uh, messing around, making beats And uh, just that completely rearranged everything It changed the way you write Before that, I was writing normal songs Like sit down with a guitar, write some lyrics mm-hmm. uh, Verse, chorus, kind of thing mm-hmm. right? And, um, and then everything changed I started layering in different sounds Making beats, sections I'm also very interested mm-hmm. in field recordings, and I haven't mm-hmm. been doing that so much uh, recently. But there was a time where I was very into going to New York City, record some sounds, right. you know, Make it into a rhythm.
1: Yeah, that right. was part of the last album. No, you you gave me something that I still have on not CD, but I have a um um I have like an MP3 of something that you uh you gave to me. Oh, you gave it to me in a. In a key and I listened to it and I was amazed by it and it was all field recordings that you kind of put into uh, it it was like a sonic tapestry I think is what I called it that was fan what was that again
2: so uh if I remember correctly that was a USB stick there was a time Mm -hmm. there was a time so uh in college I had some roommates and we had a thing called 2F Collective which is now not so active Mm -hmm. but was active for a time and we made a collectively I think seven or eight albums Mm -hmm. in two or three years jeez and so that was one of those. There was a time when I was thinking that USB sticks were going to be everything, and I was going to have a record label that only sold things on USB sticks. Oh, and I was rag. Very gung ho about it. Yeah, yeah. And I ordered these USB sticks that say Two F Collective on them mm-hmm. from China.
1: I still have them. I, and um, I would take time to look for it. But and
2: I uh, and I put that album on it. It's called Self Surrender, and it's mm-hmm. uh, by me as well as my friend Mike Hickey, mm-hmm. who currently lives in Chicago, who's a uh, a total field recorder, uh, finding weird vinyl samples, hunter mm. kind of mm. personality, mm. Um, likes to take his time and find uh, things that are worthwhile to him. Right. And uh, we worked on the album for a really long time. I think mm. two and a half years, about yeah, from the beginning to the end. And uh, it's kind of just a concept album made from a different of field recordings and tapes that we found on the street like a box of cassette tapes yeah oh that sounds uh, amazing of of people's voicemails yeah so then it was just like reconstructing this person's life through their voicemails and it was like weird mysterious we think it was a shrink client kind of relationship Uh uh-huh um although it may have been also just a regular
1: relationship right it's kind of unclear right yeah that was a couple years ago i think you gave that to me at south by yeah yeah that's what i
2: because i I put them on there and i was like i'm gonna give these out at south by and do the whole networking thing yeah
1: (laughs) that that was cool i have it somewhere i i have it somewhere i just i i know it's probably in that desk but there's a whole bunch of other stuff in that desk oh man yeah yeah we i we i gotta play that for you uh because yeah i would love to hear that it's like phenomenal um, it's reminded me of other like projects that I've seen like um, just like a little side note this um, a woman I'm not even gonna get her name I'll try to put it on later um, who's got these tours I think they're called like emotional tours of like um, Central Park where you're listening on headphones as she's giving you the tour but it's not like oh there's that fountain it was created in 18. it's like there's the ice cream guy that's always selling ice cream over there and here's the sound that I hear and like she's she's threaded all that all in somehow in real time and because she's gone to the place so much and she's re, she's done field recording there it's like this amazing sort of sonic tapestry of what's actually happening enhanced in front of you in real time sort of in an analog way which is like yeah it's incredible somebody just told me very about very it nice. this was re- that sounds yeah, amazing that sounds yeah. amazing wow yeah. so, so um, he- go, ahead. Oh, go ahead go ahead go ahead no talk. you go ahead
0: henry that that recording does it exist online in, in any way where we could link it out to this recording uh, so yes you content? can find
2: it it's on uh i believe it's 2fcollective.bandcamp.com
0: Oh sweet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to post the link then. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> and, an even and, better way to do it. Oh, that's yep. rad. Yep. Go ahead, Ben.
1: No, no, no. I so anyway, I um that's the other thing that I, you know, I don't know you that well. Do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. I know you musically uh well and, and and I've I've heard not just what you've played obviously with Miss Velvet, but also uh the the what I see is like I don't, I don't want to say like Miss Velvet is the main thing you do. I mean, it's like what you're doing currently, but like I, my center of you uh, is Miss Velvet. Yeah, and yeah. then I, I go, oh, he's he's got a lathe. The guy's got a lathe. He's got his own lathe and he cuts his own records in his apartment. What? Do you know what I mean? And he's got all this cool stuff. And so that's another reason why I want to talk to him because for me it even goes back to your original question or your question about 5 minutes ago about um you know how how did it change when he learned how to record sound and so forth right, and right. and 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 you talking about Stevie Wonder and like i'm always as i always call myself a cub musician i'm always amazed at the sounds and the techniques that you guys just come up with um and put them together and make it work and i because it's not my main medium of art um i it's it's alchemy to me do you know what i mean it's alchemy that you you saw the ableton and you said okay let me just make my own beats and i go well who taught you how to do that you know what i mean but like perhaps did you have the the sounds in your head already or was it sort of like uh especially with the field recording stuff was it found sounds and then i'm going to take this and turn it into something else I wonder where the the inspiration comes from hmm that's an interesting question um, I think the inspiration comes
2: from many different places and it depends uh, you know writing a song from his velvet mm-hmm. is a different kind of inspiration or the inspiration comes from a different place than making an ambient song or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. right. so um, a lot of times I don't I don't think with uh, I don't think I create music with a specific intention in mind right is specifically the electronic music uh, mm-hmm. That I make Which has been also Not so I haven't been so productive sure. In that field recently mm-hmm. Um Um So Yeah I think it's just Being inspired by the world Around you And mm-hmm. Taking in different elements Uh From the field recording Specifically I just try to find Cool sounds for a while I was very inspired By construction sounds So like mm-hmm. Different mm-hmm. construction sites Have different rhythms mm-hmm. And then other times It's natural things Like a bird song mm-hmm. And uh for a long time I was obsessed with trying to um, there's one song by um, by uh, Emancipator he's an electronic artist Uh uh, that I was very into for a while and um, he has a song with uh, this bird sample that's very melodic and kind of like fits into the melody of the song for a long time I was obsessed with making a a song where the melody is a bird song Uh so you know reverse Mm. it stretch it out try a bunch of things and I tried I've you know at least 20 songs where like that was the attempt like make a beat Put find the right bird to fit it.
1: Right. And, you know, I never quite got there, uh, you know, it's like uh-huh. one of those things that has eluded me. Yeah. Like, oh. right. Right. So you, you have, it's not, you take the sound and then you'll try to, you'll manipulate. it. It's not like you're saying, I mean, maybe, maybe this is another idea of like just taking the pure sound and not touching it and then try to be, build something around it. But you will also manipulate that piece of sound. Right. Yeah,
2: I think most of the time I end up manipulating a sound. Yeah. Uh, to make it do what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. uh, and even though you might uh, it might appear to be just a pure field recording, but right. maybe I edited out some, you know, right. hitting the mic and oh, breathing, of course. Or yeah. you know, honking, right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean uh it's it's funny it's just every it changes everything you know if you're making drum and bass song the right. intention is different than something relaxing and ambient right and i, yeah, so I love drum and bass right right yeah it's, it's fun to make it's amazing
0: yeah. it's amazing that you mention that because as you're talking about it it seems like you have this duality one being sort of uh connecting to this natural rhythm of music and i'm sure you can relate to this as a musician whether you're in a room and all of a sudden someone's playing something and then it and then you play something and it all sort of fits Together, Mm -hmm. and sometimes Mm -hmm. songs come out from that. Mm -hmm. So there's that one way of whether it be writing or connecting with music. And then the second way being all right, I hear something. I'm chasing this idea, and I have all this technology around me, and I can do all these things to go after this idea to make this work, Mm -hmm. like that bird, like basically that bird melody um, sort of quest that you have. How do you balance that duality? Because I've seen you play guitar, and it feels, and I'm sure Otto will agree with this, that a lot of what you do feels very natural, like tapped in, in the way that you're reacting naturally and matching your skill sets with what you're feeling, with what's happening around you. And then it's interesting to hear that you have this almost, um, uh, uh, almost like figure ground, almost jigsaw, almost mathematical, artistic approach to crafting songs. And mm. so, how do you, how do you, how do you sort of manage that tension it, that it, it feels that you kind of have creatively to produce the stuff that you produce?
2: Mm. I would say maybe uh, feed off the tension, you know, instead of trying to like yeah. marry the two, you know, the tension is there and I'm kind of always operating in the two mindsets at the same time. And right. so you kind of just use that duality to to create something or to, you know, work in one and then switch to the other. Mm. I like to work very radically. I like to work on something and then close it, and open a new thing, mm. uh, do something different, like record a guitar thing and then switch and then make a beat. Right. And uh, I don't like to linger too long on something. Hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, you go and rework it again. But right uh, in the moment of creation, I like to, you know, okay, I created this, I recorded it, and I put it away and right. uh, move on to the next thing. You know, next I'm going to do a keyboard improvisation. Mm-hmm. Right. For, a, for a long time uh, on my parents' piano, when I would go back in the summers, I would... Um, Re- just record improvisations on the on the piano, and actually on that album that you were mentioning earlier, there's mm. quite a bit of piano that I'm playing, and just completely free improvisations, some chords, some chill things, some you know banging all the keys kind of right. stuff. Right. And you know I just have those tracks, and I've been mining them for mm. different purposes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can make a hip hop beat out of it. You can mm-hmm. stretch them out and do some weird kind of mm. ambient uh, tone things with it. Yeah. So just kind of but, using what I can to, to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: you're starting with that raw, it sounds like. Yeah. Just sort of like, I'm in the mood to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to edit myself, and I'm going to close it off. And then maybe later on, you come back and and uh, sort of apply that more technical approach of like, all right, well, how can I, how can I tease this out or use this within this other space? Yeah. yeah.
2: And what I find a lot, too, is that one thing that you made, maybe with one intention... Could actually be interpolated in many different ways, or applied right. to many different things, and so, right. you know, you just create things and throw it out there, and then you just see what comes back or what fits
1: and what lands, you know. Right. It's it's a, it's a, it's very mad scientisty to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you have you've you've made all these. I feel like it's almost like you have all these vials of things that you've like concocted. And then I just like in your mind, but they're sonically, they're the sonic version of that. And then, um, you'll think, Oh yeah, I I got that bird sound from before. And then that construction sound from here, let me put that in and uh, I've gotten this now. Do you know what I mean? And then maybe put that away. It's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a cool sort of creative, uh, process because I feel like when I've written stuff, I feel like it's more of a like a channeling thing. Like I'm not a woo woo guy at all, you know that. But um, it's, <laughs> but it's, you know, there's. It, I am stuck on the. Um, I feel like I rely too much on like this magic muse kind of thing. Where when I'm writing a play, it's like the conversation starts in my head, and all I'm doing is taking dictation, and I'm trying to keep up, and I'm not a great typer, so I'm like literally trying to keep up with a conversation mm. in my head, and if I miss it, it's gone. Do You know what I mean? And so there it and and actually, no, it's kind of the same, because sometimes in the way that you've gone out and seen or heard sounds and inspired, I can hear a conversation. Um, I can hear a snippet of somebody else's conversation, and then that inspires something in my head, and I'm like, oh, that was cool when she said X, Y, Z, and then suddenly it'll inspire an entirely mm-hmm. new conversation for me that sometimes end up and will end up as dialogue, as a play, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, huh?
0: I mean, it, it sounds like Henry's process is so free and artistic. Yeah. It's sort of like if like your brain was this big mansion, you're going from room to room, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, here's this one room. I'm gonna sculpt this thing. Cool, this is done. I'm going to close this door. I'm going to go to this other room. I'm going to paint. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use uh, oils. I'm going to paint this. Great, right. this is done. I'm going to go to this other room. I'm going to sew this thing. All right, cool, mm. this is done. I'm going right. to go to this other room. Yeah. I'm going to cook a meal. Great, <laughs> this is done. And then maybe like three months later, you come back together and you throw this dinner party with the meal that you created right. and the paintings on the walls and maybe the sculptures are the centerpieces. Yeah. And you're finding yeah. ways to like wind, oh, you know, I like it. which is, I, to me, I, I, that sounds so, so freeing mm. and so brilliant. You know
2: well yeah the the freedom aspect is very nice uh, I would say I'm definitely a disorganized person you know practically mm-hmm. and creatively as well right. but I- in a good way like I like to you know creatively disorganize mm-hmm. and yeah. you know i I do jump around from different things I play guitar, put it down and play some drums, do something mm-hmm. and uh that's just kind of how I operate mm-hmm. but the the other thing that works in tandem with that is that I've always been very um I don't know if this is going to make sense immediately but album oriented. So mm. when I was a kid uh picking up albums, I would read all the liner notes, m- memorize the yep. order of the songs, how long each song is, that whole thing. Right. And then um you know, today or through first through my uh like high school bands, I would often be the one that would be like, "Okay, this should be an album. All our, you know, uh demo recordings, we should arrange them in this order and make right. it into an album." Right. And same thing with the 2F Collective. I was kind of the one pushing to, like, uh, just in terms of organizing the ideas that were there. Mm-hmm. Right, and so right. um, I'm creating the stuff and doing these different ideas that are in different avenues. But then once in a while when I go back and listen, I'm always kind of organizing these things in different categories mm-hmm. and trying to see what fits with what and see if, oh, maybe this could be an EP that is starts off aggressive and ends calm mm-hmm. or vice versa or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm
0: -hmm. right so you look at you look at the art almost collect as uh even though you're doing this in this freeing sort of wild way you still have this sort of collective approach to how these things should fit together like you're constantly trying to tie them together in some way
1: yeah i would say so and is it from an emotional context i I feel like i hear you saying uh or at least when i say emotional like the feeling that you want to evoke it's it doesn't sound like it's uh it doesn't sound like it's lyrically driven or anything. It's like, you want this to feel aggressive, but then this to feel this way, is that sort of like what motivates you or what the end product looks like in your head?
2: Um, I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely not lyrically driven just by the fact that a lot of my music doesn't have lyrics. And, um, but even then, you know, there's samples, there's voices and things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I would say I go off feeling and I can, I some sometimes you just feel how things fit together and you're like, this belongs together. Or this right. These two are completely separate ideas. Right. And, you know, that separation is made in your mind. Mm-hmm. And then usually once that's done, I can't go back and no one can convince me to be like, oh, you should just throw that track at the end of the album. and right. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> different. It's a different thought.
1: Got you. And so the other thing is it doesn't sound, dare I say, commercial, right? Like you're not, I don't think you, it doesn't sound like you're thinking about who I'm going to sell this to. It sounds like more Mm. like this is the book I've written. If you like it, buy it. If you don't, all right. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I would say that's the that's the approach I have, and mm-hmm. it's definitely very Frank Zappa inspired because that's kind of the way that he there viewed his music. Is I'm making it for myself. If you like right. it, great, and if mm-hmm. you don't, you know, don't right. come to the show.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> and uh, I'm also a huge Sun Ra fan, so oh. there, he's certainly yeah. someone there who go. went ahead with his own vision mm-hmm. uh, without really um, taking too much time to bother like, are people going to like this or not? Right. But at the same time, I'm very I'm very lucky to. Be in the situation that I'm in because uh, playing with Miss Velvet and the Blue Wolf mm-hmm. is a great experience. It's a great band. Love the band, um, but that's a you know there there are commercial aspirations to that sure. band. You know, mm-hmm. we, where it's more of a rock band, uh, and you know it's not a commercial or pop band necessarily. But you know we do write music for the kind of a more of a purpose of sharing it with people sure. and people right. to really feel it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, having that uh outlet in my life uh as well as my other band made me fail which is uh more folk and experimental but mm-hmm. still more about sharing a human experience with an audience right right mm. uh, that allows me to not give a shit right in, uh, in my own <laughs> electronic music and mm-hmm. to really do it for myself mm-hmm. and uh yeah to view that more as an outlet of what do i want to do what what
1: makes me move you right know? Right. And so, uh, how do you say Mama Fair? Mama Fair. Mamie fair. Mamie fair. Okay. Yeah. I've got, I've got one album, um, from that. Uh, are there any more? Um, well
2: actually I, yeah, I brought you a little surprise in the bag over there. You always get the
0: gifts. I know, You dude. always get the gifts. You gotta
1: live in New York, I guess. You gotta share. It with, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. One side so. of the Thank record you, Henry. H. Yeah. Thank okay. you, Henry. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah,
2: the, the, the album that I brought is a previous album that was before the name Memifer really took hold mm-hmm. and uh so it's released under the uh solo name of the leader of the band, which is Lucas Klein. He's a extremely talented folk singer, mm-hmm. um and just crazy guy. He's very creative and mines uh libraries and things like that for old recordings mm-hmm. and old songs that were written. Um and readapts them rewrites the songs picks which verses he wants mm-hmm. and uh and all that so he he has this very uh specific process to the way that he finds the songs and rewrites the harmony usually and then s- selects the lyrics that are meaningful to him right and so he's definitely the leader of Many on this previous record which is called man and woman you mm. uh was released under his name even though it pretty much features the whole memi fail band okay as well as some other people um and we're actually working on a new album right now oh Uh, by working i mean it's pretty much done yeah and i don't know when this episode is going to air so i don't know if i we're going to announce it next week so i think i can go ahead and announce when it's going to be okay and i just need to not mess up the date now i think it is uh september 28th OK, OK, it's going to be a cool. new fair album released on a record label out of Brooklyn called Figure and Ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Olema.
1: I can't wait. That's great. I can't wait.
0: So it, this, ho- this whole this oh, whole time. I'm sorry. I no, keep doing no. this. Go ahead. I keep you know what doing it is. It's like we can't see each other's mouths because we we all have like the pop filters.
1: <laughs> and so and I'm not in the
0: room. So I'm like, can I talk now? Yeah. Or should I not talk? Talk anytime um, you want. So this whole time we've been talking, I've been trying to think of this term, which is a French term. Mm. Uh, have, have you guys heard the term bricolage? I knew you were going to say bricolage. I knew you were going to say it. That's how much I yeah. know you. So why did you say it? You should have I said it. I didn't know. Anyway.
1: No, you, you were winding up. As you were winding up, and I was like, I think bricolage is coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But have you,
0: Henry, have you heard this expression? Yes, I have. Yeah, it, it sounds like so much of what you do, and for the people who maybe aren't familiar with this, but it's this idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, of doing all these different things, and a sort of pattern or art emerges out of it, um, and and that becomes, the, I guess, the format, if you will. So much of what you do reminds me of that approach, this yeah. idea of just sort of pursuing ideas, and then it's almost like this... The, the, the way things fit together emerges and that's I know, so I know I mean, I've i done this personally as a songwriter where it's like oh, I'm going to do these sounds I'm going to do this and it's like oh well this is a thing now you know doing it within a track or doing it within yeah. an album and even when, what you're describing with your folk outfit it sounds like they're doing something very similar that, that lead singer the idea of mining all these different things and pulling them together in a new way yeah which i i love yeah. i absolutely love that that, yeah. that approach
1: that's that's a great observation um that's i that is i think in that's a perfect application of the word too i think i feel like because yeah it's like it's a collage of things it's like when i listen to uh that album i i was listening to a lot in the morning too it, oh, it nice. reminds me of the morning it reminds me of the sun coming through and warming the favorite place on the couch on the floor where you're kind of curling up with Mm -hmm. your coffee or whatever like it really and it's really sort of I don't know the language to you. I don't have language around it, but it's it, it definitely feels, it almost feels like it's an old found record. Like you found like some old gramophone, gramophone recordings and like yeah. it's not even your band. You just like, you stole somebody, you, you know what I yeah. mean? In, in a really great way. And it's like, all I think is warmth and I think of like dew on the grass kind of like beautiful <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's It's yeah. a gorgeous album.
2: Well thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It definitely has a lot of uh it's a very calm album mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's uh it's very evocative. Mm-hmm. Uh the next album is gonna be the same vibe with a more uh developed uh I would say sound palette. Yeah. more keyboards and more of like a lush overall mm-hmm. tone to the album. Mm. Uh, the, some of the albums that can almost be raw sometimes mm-hmm. with Met Me Fail where it's just a banjo and a voice or something right, like that. Right, right. And uh but that's part of of the sound, and a lot of those songs are actually from old Lomax recordings and old, uh, uh you know, early uh, people they were doing field recording, right? And uh, doing song hunting, right?
1: Song searching,
0: huh? Oh man, and
1: how and did that band come okay. together? How did, how did, yeah. you, how did, what's the origin of Mami Frere?
2: Origin of Mami Frere is actually mm. very interesting. Uh, there's some of my uh, best friends in the world, mm. uh, Lucas and the drummer Aiden. Uh, Aiden, Garabed, Farrell, we all went to high school together in Paris. Ah, okay. And, uh, they were And uh, we were in a band together in high school. The Psychedelic mm-hmm. Rock Band is actually the very one and the same as we Fail, uh, believe oh, cool. it or not. With a couple changes, um, Aiden's older brother, James, a good friend of mine, who's a very talented writer, mm-hmm. was our bassist at the time. And uh, they're all American guys, but who uh, their parents were expats living in France. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's how we met. Okay. And... Um, and so lo and behold everyone now lives in new york city can you believe it Uh, we all went our separate ways for college basically and uh it took a while but people moved different places and nowadays uh we all live in new york city Mm -hmm. and so we have a one of my good friends steve conroy is a really talented bassist uh joined the band as bass player and that's the four of us uh, my high school best friends and me and uh, me and Aiden actually have another project, which is yet again separate, and it's a fully improvisatory uh, kind of noise project called Energy Solutions. Mm. And uh, we haven't done a show in a while, but we hope to get uh, kicking back again and just drums and guitar with a bunch of pedals and some synthesizers. That
1: sounds right. And, uh, yeah, it does.
2: Because we've been playing for so long right. together since uh, I think since Aiden was twelve or thirteen, we've been playing together. Wow. And so we we don't even need to look at each other. We can just sit in the same room, start playing, improvise, and right. it's kind of like um, what's the word um, uh, telecommunication or uh, oh, uh, yeah. communication tele- 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 words, or telekinesis telekinesis yeah. yes yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's all right. So can we can we go back to your your origin story? You're in New York. All these mm. kids show up with laptops. You're like, hey, I know <laughs> I'm really into Frank Zappa <laughs> and, yeah. and everyone's using Ableton. How like what happened from there? Like, you know, how did we get to you sitting on this couch right now?
2: Uh, what happened from there is that uh, like most people in New York, I uh, got an apartment with a bunch of roommates mm-hmm. and roo- yep. uh, roommates were all guys that I went to college with. And uh, initially I was very much the driving force behind trying to be a band. I was like, we need to be a band and we need to get shows and we need to play. So one guy was playing drums. The other guy was playing bass, keyboards. I was on guitar and we had a lead singer. Um, And then we were like, oh, we can never find time to practice. We should all live together. That way we Uh, can practice where we live and it won't be an issue except right. that it made it worse and we actually practiced less living all together. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people set up their synthesizers in the living room and a computer with Ableton. And then it just turned into everyone's making beats. Got it. So the right. band thing kind of devolved and we did less and less rehearsing and more and more, uh, communal beat creation, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the two F collective thing came about. And then, uh, Simultaneous to that I was very frustrated by the fact of not performing live because I do enjoy playing on stage mm-hmm. And it'd been a couple of years since I'd been on stage period mm-hmm. So I I really thought hey, I really would like to do something but these guys they they didn't want to get their shit together to to really uh, Right uh, take it to the stage because it was too complicated transferring the files and whatever. Wow. Right. Um. So I decided to book a few shows uh, just by myself doing ambient music so i had my guitar and my guitar pedals and I did a looper mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. just kind of went for it so i started doing that in these very uh, full improv kind of gotcha. things yeah very drone mm-hmm. uh oriented yep mm-hmm. and so i just you know kind of got out there and started doing that mainly at this place called the uh, greenpoint gallery that does yeah shows i know that Brooklyn. place yeah yeah i played there
0: Oh, nice! So you go up, you go up the stairs like yeah. that long <laughs> stairwell. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah! I played that room, yeah. man. That
1: place is great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I love about Kwaku. Anytime somebody says I played anywhere in New York City, Kwaku's also played there. That's another thing I love nice. about you, man. I like that. Well, when yeah.
0: you're when you're eighty, yeah, it's really easy to have <laughs> played all these rooms. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry go on man so you were playing Greenpoint gallery uh
2: yes yeah, so and doing a bunch of ambient shows there and then uh progressively got fed up with it because too much ambient music can start feeling really meaningless after right. some time uh-huh. Uh-huh. just yep. uh, you know always yep. doing something calm and thoughtful mm-hmm. eventually you lose kind of what was behind the idea in the first place mm-hmm. right but i got frustrated with that and um started playing more with uh with a drummer with uh aiden there kind of mm-hmm. making it into more of a Noise or abstracts mm-hmm. jazz, whatever you might want to call it thing uh, from the ambient and then parallel to that, Memi fail was starting to get well I was playing with Lucas von we did a few tours where it was just uh me and him acoustic guitar and singer kind of duo thing mm-hmm. and uh, we're recording some music that first album and uh working on setting up the band for that and simultaneously to that I uh Started joining Miss Felvin and the Blue Wolf. Mm. And uh, the way that came about is that I was actually her sound guy originally. Oh, okay. And it was before wow. the band really came together fully. So it was a few appearances that she was doing where it was uh, like a track and she was singing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would uh, be the sound guy and s- set up her mic and do that whole thing. Mm. And then as she was um, forming a, like a full band right. to, to perform the same music... I was like, hey, I play guitar. And mm-hmm. uh, Constance Howman, the manager and musical director of Miss Veldin and Blue Wolf, put in a good word for me, and uh, that's kind of how I joined the band. Oh, wow. And then from that point on, that band, uh, and also at the same time, I was also doing the New York thing of uh, just playing with whoever the hell will pay you. Gotcha. Right. And right. Um, just subbing in for bands, uh, playing with singers, doing a lot of one-off gigs and things like that so you know i was just doing all this stuff living in new york and uh, doing the thing mm. and uh and then slowly miss velvet started kind of becoming more of a of a force right and uh more of a regular thing and yep. uh that's kind of how it all grew from there
1: yeah uh, miss velvet and blue wolf sounds like i mean yes there's a like you said earlier there's a there's a commercial obviously we're playing music for people to enjoy and 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 uh, that's what we want to do, uh, but it's it's also a a band of like musicians. It's like a musicians band. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? oh yeah, it's like everybody on that band is a player, and yes, and like just nasty. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh,
2: absolutely. It's, and I'm I'm very thankful to be in that band because uh, I'm the youngest person in the band, mm. and uh, I just learn a lot from playing with those guys. Yeah. You know, they especially when I first joined, it really kicked my ass to. Uh, to step up to a level and to not make these like silly amateurs mistakes, sure. not be like, Oh, I forgot my cable. Yeah. You know, all all <laughs> these yeah, things yeah, yeah, that I, yeah. I was like, okay, you yeah. know, I need to step it up. Cause these guys are, the real, deal New York yeah. musicians right? who've yeah. been doing this, who've played with everyone, you know, combined the band has played with, you know, tons of yeah. famous people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's just mm-hmm. really great opportunity to be in that band. And also, to To kick my own ass. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that's that. I mean, uh, I mean, for me, it's and how long has that been? It's been five, six years, something like that. Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. About yeah. five years. Because I met you guys when you were sort of when you first formed, right? I mean, you guys have been together for maybe a year at that point. Yeah. So, the so. The Avatar Studio recordings that was definitely
2: sort of the beginning, and that was right. kind of it was kind of the end of the beginning, right? I would say of setting up the band, Uh Because right. we played a bunch of gigs. The band lineup was there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also the uh, that Avatar sessions is uh, kind of significant because that's when we added the horn section, which oh I would say oh now yeah. is kind of uh, one of our feature things as a band is that mm-hmm. we're a rock band with a strong powerhouse female vocals mm-hmm. and a horn section. Right, it kind of adds a little something else. And uh, but we had a sax player before, and mm-hmm. then but it wasn't
1: until the Avatar. Sessions that we decided to go full horn section that's uh yeah yeah that's that's the thing that and again uh going back to the bricolage word, it seems like that band is that as well, do you know what I mean the strong mm-hmm. female lead vocals and then a horn section like who does that anymore, do you know what I mean besides like i Old funk bands. You know what I mean? Who does that? I was that? gonna say, it feels so seventies. Yeah, feel like yeah, yeah. when you you know, and it's like
0: you're like the horn, we're featuring the horns and I'm like, it's new because it's old, but it's it's so seventies, but it's so spot on. Right. And it's mm. so large and, and amazing that it feels unique now because a lot of people will be like, Oh, well we'll run an Ableton session and right. we we'll, we're gonna make this as minimalist as possible and so mm-hmm. maybe we'll just have drums and we'll have the bass coming out of the PA or you know, or mm. we'll just have a horn loop, but to have all that stuff happening live in front of you is is and, and talk about full circle again it's almost metal right. <laughs> you know it's like wagner-esque mm-hmm. you know what i mean because it's so big and so amazing and so organic
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: and it feels great playing with the horn yeah. section and hearing all that stuff live <sighs> and uh the ways that a band can kind of you know stretch time a little bit or well, right. What you were talking about earlier—we have a vampus mm. section because someone has a technical difficulty right. that they have to resolve, and you know it just feels really good to have this fine-tuned band that can also, you know, mess around and right. switch something up and, right. cat, like, you know, uh, recover from a mistake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it always looks just seamless. It's like, um, oh and it's always better than if you guys had done it perfectly. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of astounding.
0: You guys are a muscle car in a sea full of Priuses. Yeah, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. that's you know awesome. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, that band starts up. It's like right, right. You're like, oh, what the fuck? People grab their children during <laughs> you know sound check. Right? just like, What was that sound? It's funny because <laughs> any time I've seen them, pl- I've seen them play so many times, and. There's always, uh, there's a a bunch of times I saw you guys play, uh, what's that on um, Avenue? Rockwood. Rockwood. And, you know, that's a place where, you know, you get people that'll just walk in and be like, I want a beer. Oh, there's a band. Okay. Right. And there's always that moment where you see them click as to what is going on here. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's all these people on stage. There's all these instruments. Oh, yeah. Moving my head. And then there's like the, always the moment where people are like, holy shit. Like what? Yep. My face is burning off right now. Yep. Oh my God. And so like I've that, seen it enough V8. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, oh, you you thought you were just gonna get a beer and right. hear somebody sing some pop music and oh right. cute, there's horns. <laughs> nah, you're you're in trouble right now. Now yeah. now you're sweating. Yeah. And you're dancing. You don't know what's yeah. happening. <laughs> You've lost your keys and your partner. Yeah. And you're enjoying every moment of this. It's awesome. <laughs> So what else is going on, man? Like, so you're playing with Miss Velvet Blue Wolf and um, you guys are touring now or you yeah. were or whatever. It's like. Well, uh, yeah, this year has been uh, very
2: active so far. We've done, uh, I think, already more shows than we did all of 2017 and mm. 2018 so mm-hmm. far. So that's fun and exciting. And mm-hmm. the most exciting part of that is that we've been on tour opening for George Clinton which is and Parliament Funkadelic, Ugh. which is, I, I want to say a dream come true, but it's not even a dream come true because. Not even my wildest dreams would I've thought I could open for this band dude and right. uh and it's just being able to be around them and to hear their' set every night, hear how it's the same, what they change, what they don't change, the order of the songs they do something differently mm-hmm. they're so loose and great, yeah, that it's just like it's a, a blessing to be around them
1: and to just observe yeah them.
0: Arthur, do you want to tell them about t
1: c Oh yeah, we do, we just interviewed a cat um who uh he played with Prince. He he oh, basically cool. grew up with Prince. Nice. Um and that cat has played and knows everybody. And so well when we were uh when we were um interviewing him, uh, as soon as he started talking about Prince and all that stuff. I was pulling out all my albums and then I was pulling out George Clinton albums. He's like, Oh yeah, that cat too. I know I'm like, Oh my God. It's That's like one of his good friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like, it's like full circle of what I was going to say as well as when I met you guys in avatar, and heard you guys play, and or, well, I didn't hear you play. I heard the, the recordings of the music, and I was like, "This man is amazing." It would never occur to me that you guys would be opening for George Clinton because it's def- it's different music at the time. Oh, yeah. And then seeing you guys live the first time, I was like, "Oh, this band is like it's funky. Like they they're playing mm-hmm. rock, but it's also funky, and it's also she's got this wail that she like she's got an incredible." 12 octave range or whatever (laughs) she does it's amazing and so it almost is like metal and then you guys sort of slowly developed like this or maybe quickly developed this like really funk and I think that's the horns you know what I mean yeah the horns definitely add a lot of funk yeah you almost can't be funky and have you, you can't have a horn section and not be funky kind of yeah. I mean you can yeah, but yeah. like it's hard but it's not as fun yeah <laughs> right. and, be, and because you also got like such a groove like Jimmy on the bass it's like you guys are like you guys together it's like oh and then and then you just rip on the like the rhythm section of that band is oh, man they they're great i love
2: those guys nick is one of the nick carbone one of the greatest uh, drummers to play that, with cuz he's uh you're never you're never lost with him yeah every transition you can feel it coming on yeah he, he has this feel thing where like if you're going in the chorus and no one kind of knows what's going on everyone's are just waiting he'll be decisive yeah and make that change happen so yeah. you, you it's very hard to get lost with him yeah you know originally we had some songs that had backing tracks when we were first starting out and it was all you know like count the bars count like 64 bars right. or something right. and i was like right. never had to do that a single time because he's always doing that right and then like setting up the transition Right. And then and right. then Jimmy is amazing He uh, he tunes down his bass I mean, First of all he's just a plain great bass player mm-hmm. But he also he detunes his bass really low uh. So if you look at his hands As a guitar player who plays in standard tuning mm-hmm. um, You have no idea what's going on right. And you're completely lost mm-hmm. But that's been a great thing I think uh, for me certainly And also for our interplay Of guitar bass interplay Um because it forces me not to rely on the visual, not to be like, oh, I see his hand on the fifth fret. He's playing an A. Got you. And so it forces you to listen more, Mm -hmm. obviously, but also just to react in different ways and to kind of go for something
1: different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Nick feels like I'm going to go uh, – we're going to have him on at some point too, I feel. But uh, uh, Nick feels like the cross – and I will say this without any hesitation. The cross between like a Keith Moon and like a John Bonham. Like that – the dude mm-hmm. – murders the drums it's like it's like and it's like those beats are sick and like you you can't not feel them do you know what i mean and then the combination of him jimmy and and this cat henry on the on that that whole section is like you could just do whatever with just those three people right then you've got a horn section then you've got miss v singing then you've got the 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 keyboards it's like it's like a dream band oh yeah it is I'd follow yeah. you guys, do whatever you guys want. i will follow that any day of the week.
0: And that's why I brought up TC, because TC was talking about going to see George Clinton in San Francisco. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's my dude. Mm-hmm. And is like, oh, yeah. yeah, my friend's opening up. He's like, oh, the blonde girl who screams? Right, yeah, I've been yeah. hearing about them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which
1: uh, nice. we're, we're like, yeah, we know
0: those guys. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> us too, us too. Yeah, I forgot he said that. He's like, oh, yeah, the blonde girl who screams. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good, man. Words getting out? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's good to yeah. hear. Yeah, man. Um
0: so as far as uh as far as what's coming up, you have this album coming up um for and I and I it is I did not catch the name of of this group, but this is the group of all of your friends uh, from home. Yeah, the
2: the folk group is called Mammifère. Yeah. It means mammals in French.
0: Mammifère. Mammifère. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that album's coming out in September 28th, I think you yes, said. Yes, September 28th. Mm-hmm. So we can get that. Yeah, we can we can time that yeah, out with this with this, yeah. with this or episode. Oh, you can
2: announce it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a big
1: deal. But. Okay,
0: Henry, everything you do is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm just being blunt. You wouldn't be, we wouldn't be talking to you Aww. right now. You are the big deal. Yeah, you're, you're you're anchor man as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> And I'm saying that because I'm in San Diego, so I nice. I'd like to make an Anchorman reference at least once a day. Go fuck um, yourself, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> well, not that one. Not that, that. one. I okay, like how sorry, you bro. The one. <laughs> That's
1: the iconic moment in that movie. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Views
0: are expressed There's solely autos There. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, and so with Miss Velvet, I'm assuming that you have some more touring coming up as well. Uh,
2: yes, we have a bunch of shows coming up. Some with P Funk, some not with P Funk. Mm-hmm. Um, we are currently recording a second album, which okay. I'm very excited about. Um, the first album is great, but this one feels uh, stronger to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Songwriting-wise, there's more of a unity between the funk and the rock elements. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just it's nice to be excited about a new project. We're still recording it, so it's going to be a while out. i probably expect that sometime in 2019. Okay.
1: okay.
0: And ha- how is that touring, like the idea of going from playing Rockwood... Which is a, an iconic room in New York, but it's you know it's small and it's intimate, and then you're playing rooms what holding fifteen hundred, um,
2: maybe yeah you know, one to three thousand I would say, mm.
0: you know so you're playing these rooms where you're playing in front of large crowds. How has that influenced the approach to this next record that you have coming up? As far as I, I always found as a musician, you were always went you're always sort of like. Chasing you wanted to make this album that was really great and then you want to have this live show It's better than your album, and you're just running around in that in that loop So within that process how is like jumping to rooms that big affected your songwriting process for this next record that you guys are working on?
2: Um, I'd say it's been definitely more of an, uh, an emotional uh, Influence rather than anything else um, a lot of the songs that we're recording were I want to say written before that's not entirely true. Some before and some during this new touring with P Funk Experience, which has been happening uh, since the beginning of the year, pretty much mm. beginning of mm-hmm. 2018. Mm. Um, it um, it's it's definitely Miss Velvet has always had a big uh, a big sound, and mm. it goes with her voice being so big that the the band sound is big behind her and to support her. So, mm-hmm. you know, hence why we have so many people on stage and the horns and the mm-hmm. whole thing. So I think being on those big stages has been less of like, oh, this is great. We need to do something different now. Mm-hmm. And more right. of like, this is kind of what we always wanted, even on the first album. Mm-hmm. Several mm-hmm. of the songs were like, we want a kind of stadium arena rock guitar sound. Or mm-hmm. these like big wall of sound guitars and, you know, power right. chords that are just ringing on. Yeah, and right. that whole thing. Um. So it's been more of like now we finally have a big stage, a big sound system that we can really wail on and kind of perform these songs mm-hmm. in the context that is appropriate for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it feels really good, and it it sounds better. The sound has been really nice overall. I would say uh, at all these venues and playing to huge crowds is really fun and great because yeah. you know people are coming in to see P Funk and. They're surprised by us we play about 45 minutes usually It's mm-hmm. not too long not too short mm-hmm. um get them excited and by the end of our set there's a full room of people and, and just it feels really good yeah
1: yeah i can attest to that i've seen you guys open three times now for mr clinton and it's it's always been good And and again that same thing where people are coming to see george clinton and then you all get up on stage and and you you feel, I mean, they've got like a DJ before that's playing like all the 70s jams and all that stuff, at least in P.B. King. And so everybody's already pumped. And then these people walk on and they're like, okay, okay. And then by song three, like everybody's like, oh, this is kind of nice. By song, like the third song and whatever, everybody's like locked in. So by the yep. time you guys are done, it's mm-hmm. like people are like, who was that again? You know what I mean? They're like, they're, they're, they're locked in. It's It's a wonderful... I feel um, a little bit of uh, a proprietary ownership kind of thing because I was like, I knew them when, you know, I saw them record right. that first thing. So I feel like I discovered you. I didn't. Do you know what I mean? I was introduced <laughs> to you guys. But it's like it's always it's amazing to see. And, and this is a theme that we come back to all the time in Radios and Munda where it's like also the sort of the growth of the artist, like where they go, like to see and to hear what your journey has been from what the things that you like to do from where you started off. It surprises me because, well, why would it surprise me? I don't know you that well, but to say that at 12, you had like more of a punk influence and you're doing that. And then suddenly you're doing more sonic ambient stuff. And then there's like this, like really sweet, dare I say, like uh, songwriting, well, not songwriting, but like folk side of you. Right. But then you can just take a, freaking strat and burn it down to the ground you know what I mean it's like it's a it's such a great again I'll bring in the bricolage word because I feel cool yeah. when I say it there's something that's just <laughs> fantastic about it and it's it's uh it's inspiring as an artist to to see how seemingly free you are between all of those different like projects projects and modes of expression it's kind of uh yeah. it's kind of inspiring like you never I don't think as an artist, you ever want to be locked into one thing. I don't want to act this one thing or write this certain way. Do you know what I mean? I just want to be able to try things like almost like a kid. Do you know what I mean? Just like, I'll eat that and I'll do that and I'll go over here and I'll do this and have like a a, 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 a carefree way of just doing that. That's kind of cool, dude. Yeah, Yeah. I mean... Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs>
0: if
2: it feels good to not be locked into one thing. I think yeah. I would lose my mind if I was playing in a, in a pop rock band, you mm-hmm. know, just doing only that, mm-hmm. playing the backing tracks or something, and, yeah. you know, just stuck in the one gig or doing a Broadway thing even. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It would just It's not up my personal alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy having those different modes of expressions because I do miss wailing sometimes, you yeah. know, if I'm just doing the folk thing. Yeah, yeah. And the folk thing is... It's, it seems nice and pretty, but there's a lot of kind of uh, there's a lot of uh, abstract playing thoughts going on mm. in there. And mm. a lot of influence from Sun Ra, a mm-hmm. lot of influence from people like, uh, well, specifically guitar playing wise, from uh, Nels Klein, mm. uh, guitarists uh-huh. like yeah. that or, right. or yeah, yeah. Yep. Mark Riboud or mm. some people like that. So, you know, that's kind of where my mind is at uh when i'm playing with that band trying right. to go the the
1: neo jazz noise route got you right got you right well the, Man, mark <laughs> this is this is this is awesome i've i've been 100 percent inspired by that uh i've wanted to bring you in for a while now kwaku and i've been busy kwaku moved across the country and i've been like traveling and every time Um, when we're talking about trying to get like people together to interview and continue this awesome journey, I'm always like Henry odd is in my mind (laughs) because like that cat has got something that I, I just want to know. And so I feel like I've learned a lot more about you just as a person and an artist. And I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that you. We got the time to for you to Absolutely. come over. Oh, I'm happy to be you here. Know? Yeah, this has been this has been awesome. I got to get to your place and see your lathe and like see oh, your yeah. laboratory. You know what I mean? I imagine it like it's in like a basement. And like there's all these like <laughs> different in the rooms. Oh, it is. OK, yeah. see. And it's there's different rooms. <laughs> and like there's all like, as you said, like he has this place where the, he cooks a meal and then he goes and he makes this stew and then he does this and he does that. That's kind of what I'm imagining. So it's something like that. Yeah. OK, cool, cool. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Yo, sounds rad. do you have anything else to say, man? Uh,
0: come back <laughs> yeah come back yeah anytime come back and yeah I'm, I'm right around the corner
1: yeah yeah i mean i'd love to also hear um like when you're done with your the album because another thing that just you know amazes me is like when people like you and kwaku and people that i met put together an album and i'd like to hear like the journey like once i hear the album once we hear the album do you know what i mean and just yeah. like, right, right. talk about that process specifically i think would be cool too you know Especially yeah. in, in in conjunction with the stuff you're doing with Mess Fell and Blue Wolf. So anyway, yeah. I think you to should do come an on a album bunch breakdown time. interview.
2: Yeah, you
0: and and bring that. and bring your your singer who's like mining these things. Oh it, yeah, it's really it'd be really interesting because we I, I have a, a like a perfunctory understanding of your approach to music. Mm-hmm. And it's deeper now than like when I met you in Austin. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, this this is some kid from from New York or just Wales." All right, mm. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> little did but you now, know. Yeah. Little did I know. Yeah. yeah. But like you're doing all this amazing stuff. Like you're talking about drumming, and I, I don't know if this is like a Ghanaian like uh, uh, birthright or whatever. But I'm a, I took drumming lessons mm-hmm. in Ghana, mm-hmm. and. I wasn't very good, but it definitely changed the way I looked at writing music and even playing guitar right. and the approach to it. Right. And so the fact that you're into like all the stuff, and even before the interview started, like I was running behind and I was calling, and Otto was playing this high life music. No, and that's that the music.
1: was. He brought it in.
0: You brought that. See, he that's the music. He brought the high
1: life I, in. Yeah. That's
0: <laughs> the music I grew up listening to because that's the stuff yeah, my dad stuff. would play yeah. in the house. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like it would be great to hear how you two work together based on what you've described about his process That's and what we've learned idea. about what you do today. Yeah. Fantastic idea. Can, can I move my arms anymore, by the way? Uh, People probably. who are listening yeah. can't <laughs> hear. Them, I'll probably go a little yes. further, I think. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm about to take flight. Yes, he's, anyway. uh, he's gesticulating I, wildly.
2: I, I do love music from all over the world. I'd say that at home, you know, if it's not Frank Zappa or Sun Ra or mm. Aphex Twin, I'm usually listening to, uh, specifically recently I've been into Ethiopian music. Mm. There's so much mm-hmm. stuff mm. to discover. Just within that one country. Ganaean mm-hmm. music is great as well. Right. I'm very into uh, the Touareg music of uh, the oh. Saharan Desert. Yeah. Tanari Wen, Terracat, bands oh. like that.
1: Yeah. I've just been getting into a lot of like the Arabic-Turkish stuff, like the kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that, that stuff is, I can't name the bands that I've been listening to cause I just can't think of them. But like, I've been like the last, like two months, I've been like listening to a lot of that stuff, which is nice, fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Shit.
0: Well, I've, I've one <laughs> last question. Go for it. And Otto, this is for you. Yes, sir. Who are you?
1: I'm Otto, And who are you?
0: I am Kwaku. And who are we lucky enough to have on your couch today?
1: The amazing Henry. I was gonna say Henry motherfucking hot, but like I'll say that later. But Henry <laughs> hot. <laughs> right, thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, man, this is great. Uh, we, we're we're gonna—I need to have you on again, so I'm gonna give you a call in a few weeks. <laughs> I'm around. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Cool, bro. All right, so that's I guess what?
0: that's it. All right, dude. Um, thank, thank you for being here, and thank people. For, I want to thank people for listening, as always. And uh, I guess that's it, right? Yeah, man. All right. Cool. Peace.
1: Peace.
0: Oh. This is why you're good. Yeah, because right? I, you know, as soon as he came into frame, I'm like, oh, I know this dude. <laughs> Henry fucking Ott. Henry. Is that his yeah. middle name? Is that official or <laughs> uh, pretty much official? Yeah.
1: Once you've seen this cat play and all the other stuff he does. Uh, oh, that the, totally the fucking, makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's his title. It's his title. He, he, he should go by Henry fucking hot. How do you say he that sh- in French? That's a good question. Uh, I used to I used to be able to speak a little French, but now, nope, it's gone. Your
0: French was impressive. I yeah. took eight years of French, and I was like, I was like, I was having trouble following you.
1: Nah, <laughs> no, nah, I was having trouble following myself.
0: You know, but it, yeah. I mean, you, you spoke it with a lot of conviction. That's a little, uh, yeah. You, you know what that's I mean? That's all I've
1: got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I gave that's him it. everything. <laughs> But uh, that guy has always impressed me. I mean, I think I said it already, but uh, he's just, uh, you know, one of those artists that seems to me that's like free. That's just like, oh, let me try this and let me grab this and let me do that. And uh, and really, really modest, you know, for all the things that he does and all the things that he's capable. I mean, the guy has a a fucking lathe at home that he (laughs) makes his own records with, you know what I mean? He's like a mad scientist. Yeah.
0: He's got a little Jack White scenario going. In his there you
1: go, Jack White. Yeah, definitely. That that uh that's a guy I just um he's like everybody we bring on. It's like a person that you feel, "Oh, I can hang out with this this oh, person." You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, and he just gives you like pointers and like you just absorb his sort of artistic thing you know what i mean yeah uh, his vibe
0: his viewpoint all i mean okay so we've talked about this before where Mm -hmm. we'll have people on the show and i'm like i'm gonna be friends with that person yeah and so i think Tunde was the last Mm -hmm. person and i made zero movement on that and it's a hundred percent on me i mean i could have called you up and been like hey give me his number i want to text him oh yeah but i was like ah i you know i was just so blown away by the conversation but at the same time i felt like oh no we're vibing. We can be friends, right? Like, this is like right. the worst online dating situation ever. When
1: you're not dating, <laughs> but it's 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 it, it it's awesome. But it's like as our sort of, uh, I had a conversation with Kevin Jacoby, KJ from the yep. Odyssey, who we'll be yep. having on again, uh, and he and I'm not gonna remember how he put it. Uh, it's like the it's like the the tangled web of of artists and people that we are uh we are at liberty to be able to call on the phone and say hey come on and sit on my couch and yes. like let's have a conversation i mean yes. henry everybody that we bring on is legit and henry is like a legit like dude you know what i mean he's on yeah. tour with george clinton in parliament right now you know what i mean like yeah. he's he's with miss v and you know how she is so it's like it it, it blows me away that I, I feel like sometimes I take it for granted, but I'm like, damn, I know some like amazing heavy, people, heavy, cats, heavy, hitters, heavy cats, heavy hitters, and uh, and by the way, yeah.
0: I'm definitely going to go up to L.A. and see him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you in, should. I think it's like in two weeks or whatever. 100%. He, you know, he's also that guy where I was like, oh, let's exchange numbers. And he texted me maybe, maybe like 20 minutes after he left your house. I don't know how you guys were, how yeah. long you were hanging out, but yeah, he for texted about me he's like, all right, here's my number.
1: These are the dates, you know, so yeah. I'm like, all right. It's a good, um, yeah, yeah, you know. definitely. And, you know, you'll you'll be seeing him and, that, like, yeah, it'll be dope.
0: <laughs> I, I'm pumped. And, and yeah. the other thing about him, I'd forgotten. It's not even that I'd forgotten. I feel like, you know, we brought a bunch of education people on. And so it's stuff that mm-hmm. it's, like, that they know better than I do, but it's stuff that I've heard of. You know what I right. mean? So it's not right. like I'm discovering new approaches. I'm just hearing interesting ways that people go about these approaches that I try to use myself mm-hmm. in my work. But with him, I'd forgotten what how great it is artistically to to be able to talk to someone where you can steal a bunch of stuff. Right. And and just his approach to writing music and the variety Mm -hmm. of different things that he does and how he seems to find
1: a through line. Yeah. The field you, recording thing, just the light. That, oh yeah. my God, that, that blew me
0: away. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was like, I want a recording, I want a version of that. Because the yeah. that, that whole concept of hearing music everywhere, you know, yeah. I think that if you've played an instrument you you've gone through that phase where it's like you you'll be on the dr- you'll be on the subway and you'll be hearing the tracks and then you'll hear a drum beat over it and it's not necessarily the tracks but it's more of the, the cadence of the of the the cadence of like the train going over the tracks so like the tempo right. and then all right. of a sudden you're hearing drum beats and then you know you're you're maybe constructing something in your mind Right. To varying degrees. Like not all mm-hmm. of us So Charles Mingus where we're right. constructing these huge opuses while we're, right. you know, locked up in jail. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but it, I've always been super interested in that. And it's really interesting to see how, at least to me, how that kind of ties together all of these different things that he's doing and yep. the, and the ability for him to hear music in all of these different places. Yeah. And hear yeah. how he fits in musically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Uh, that cat never ceases to impress me. I don't claim to know him that well, but every time I've watched him work and I've, uh, I have a couple of his albums and the stuff that he's working on and collaborating on, and I'm just like, oh, this is one of those like artist, artist dudes. You know what I mean? He's just like doing his thing, you know? It's, it's, and doing it well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And doing it well. Yeah, man. So, uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it for this uh, this week's episode. I can't wait. Are you gonna Are you gonna do the music for this one? I it, Or, or yeah. do you want? Me, I cannot wait to hear what you put on this. I don't know if people yeah, realize, but we never hear the like the music parts until right. it goes live, like the other right. one. Right. Know? So yeah. I was like during the interview, I was like, "Oh, this music piece. Oh, he's gonna go. He's gonna go ape on this. The music. Yeah. In this is gonna be so amazing." Yeah. You it know? will be.
1: It is. It's coming in right now. Is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah.
0: You, you put the calls out. Okay.
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, very man.
0: very cool. Um, all right. That's that's all I got. Unless you want to unless you have some more magic you want to spread on this.
1: Not no. I, I think Henry spoke for himself. So uh, dad, who dad. are you? I'm Kwaku, and who are you? Atu, and this is Radio Linda The dope shit. Amy Thank you guys for listening. Peace. On
2: Down, but